The Jets are in Carolina tomorrow for a preseason game against the Panthers. Today, we're talking Bryce Huff, Jamie and Sherwood, and other defensive players to watch ahead on Locked On Jets. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Lockdown Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. It's Friday, August 11th, 2023, and I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. Thank you so much for making this show your first listen or first watch every day. Subscribe to the show for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts so that you get new episodes as soon as they're posted. If you enjoy the show and are listening on a podcast source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. It helps us out, helps other Jets fans find the show. Today's episode of Lockdown Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NFL. That's linkedin.com slash NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Jets are in Carolina tomorrow. Their second preseason game of the year against the Panthers. Four o'clock Eastern time is the scheduled kickoff. Today we're going to talk about defensive and special teams players to watch for the Jets in this game. Yesterday, we, we discussed the offensive side of the ball. It gave you three guys to keep your eye on. So today, we're moving to the defensive side of the ball, and we're going to talk a little special teams. Special teams are actually kind of important in preseason because bottom-of-the-roster guys have a path to the roster if they show they could contribute on special teams. But we'll begin on the defensive side of the ball. Now, I'm going to start off by talking about a player who I think very highly of, and that is Bryce Huff. And if you follow the numbers last year, Bryce Huff generated – pressures on around 20% of the pass rushing snaps he was in for the Jets, which is an exceptionally high number. I mean, I think it's something like 10 to 12% is really good. So he was around 20%. Now, some caveats with that. Uh, Huff only played on passing downs. Around 90% of his plays were passing down. So he was kind of a pass rush special specialist. So he did not really have to worry about controlling his gap the way you do when you're playing the run. I mean, if there's even a threat of the run, you were responsible for a gap, uh, you know, which is a space between two defensive linemen or, or two offensive linemen. It could be a space between the center and guards or the guards and tackles or the tackle and tight end or just like the guy at the end of the line and outside. A against the run, you're usually assigned at least one of those gaps. So you need to you can't just fly up the field because you don't want to run yourself out of the play. If you get too far upfield, you may leave a running lane open. If you only play passing downs, you can just fire up the field. So it makes life easier to, as a pass rusher. So context there. But no matter what the context is, there are lots of guys who play primarily passing downs. I don't think anybody produced pressures at the rate Bryce Huff did a year ago. Now, something that's interesting is if you were watching the Jets preseason opener against the Cleveland Browns, Huff was playing pretty deep into the second half. Now, Jets do have a pretty deep defensive line. Lots of very good players on this unit. So maybe that's not necessarily something that stands out, but it certainly felt like the Jets were getting their core players out of there pretty early in that game. I think even the guys who are like the primary backups or guys who are going to see situational football, for the most part, seem to be out of that game by the end of the first quarter. So it kind of stood out to me that Huff was playing pretty deep into the second half. And there, ever since the spring, have been rumors that perhaps Huff will be used as trade bait for the Jets. Now, I have to tell you, I'm not a big fan of this. I think that you can never have too many pass rushers. I think if, it, if you reach a point where it's a numbers game, where you just don't have enough spots for all the players you've got, then that's one thing. 
I don't think you trade Huff, though, just for the sake of trading him, just for the sake of getting him off the team, because Robert Sala's defense is predicated on generating pressure, and it's predicated on generating pressure by keeping guys fresh on the defensive line. As much as people complain about the defensive line rotation, I think it works pretty well for the Jets, and I think the philosophy of getting as many good pass rushers as you can in the NFL, it's a good one. It's a long season. Guys get bumps and bruises. Guys suffer injuries. You want to have depth. And you also want guys fresh for the fourth quarter of games. The Jets, outside of Detroit last year, I thought the Jets did a very good job closing out games on defense when they had the lead. So I don't understand. I never quite understood why there was this idea that the Jets should trade Bryce Huff before the start of the season. I think if you get like an amazing offer, if somebody offers you like a second round pick for a situational pass rusher, it's one thing. If somebody offers you a starting tackle and fills your biggest need, that's one thing. I mean, every player has a price. But I don't know why anybody would expect that some team would be willing to drastically overpay for Bryce Huff. Yeah, if you can get look, if you can fill a huge problem on your roster, you know, then there's another problem area where maybe you can get a starting level player for a part time player. Okay, but that assumption is weird to me. I don't think you can ever assume somebody's going to drastically overpay for any player, much less somebody who, well, he has a valuable skill set in, in Bryce Huff. He's not necessarily a guy you're going to build your defense around. So I say keep him around. And I mean, I guess there, there, there's this idea that Will McDonald's going to take his snaps. Well, Will McDonald can take his snaps if that's what the Jets see as the best option for them moving forward. If Will McDonald's better than Bryce Huff or if they think like Will McDonald's really going to benefit from getting an increased snap total, that's fine. But I still think you keep Bryce Huff around. I, I don't think you trade depth for especially depth at pass rusher. I've been doing this podcast since 2016, and I'll tell you, there have been a lot of years where I've been upset because the Jets did not even have one good pass rusher on their defensive line or outside linebacker spots. Now the Jets have a lot, and I don't agree with people saying they have too much depth. You can never have too much depth. The NFL is a league where injuries happen, and serious injuries happen on a weekly basis. You want to have quality players behind your, your starters, and you know, I go back to the offseason. I really thought the Jets should have tried to strike a multi-year contract with Bryce Huff. Now, you never know for sure what a player is going to be amenable to, but it seemed to me like Huff was kind of like the perfect, everything had kind of lined up for him being willing to potentially leave money on the table because he was an undrafted free agent. So he's made pretty much no money in his career. And he's a good player, but he's not a great player. And at this point of his career, you know, he might be one bad year away from not having a lot of value when he hits free agency a year from now. So I felt like they should have tried to lock him up for maybe two to three years because I think there's a good chance he would have taken it. But they did not. And, it, you know, there's all, now all these rumors that maybe they'll look to move on from him. And, you know, you never know what, what the truth is with these rumors. But it did strike me that he was playing in the second half of these games because especially that, that first game, it felt like the Jets did not have a lot of interest in that Hall of Fame game. At least, at least as far as I was concerned, because even in even like in the fourth quarter of that game, they weren't really trying to move the ball on offense. They weren't trying. If you watch the play calling, it wasn't like they were trying to make big plays on offense. It was almost like their goal was let's avoid injury and get out of here healthy. Which, to be honest with you, is a pretty fair approach to take taking an exhibition game because you never remember the final score of any of these games. All you remember are the injuries that you suffer. But the fact that Puff is out there. The fact that Huff is playing in the second half where he is exposed to injury, that kind of suggests to me that maybe he's not a key part of this team moving forward. So 
I'm watching Huff for his performance. He did have a sack in that first game, and then he was kind of quiet after that. But I'm watching more just from the standpoint of I want to see how deep he's playing in this game. I want to see how many snaps he's getting. And it's not just a matter of the volume. It's not just a matter of how many snaps he gets. Compare it to the other key players on the team. Is he playing a lot more snaps than the other key guys? That could tell you something about where Huff fits in on this roster. Now, Hedger on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll turn our attention to the linebacker position. Jamie and Sherwood, seems like he might be stepping into a bigger role this year. There could be a guy or two who knocks him out of it. We'll continue that discussion as we move forward on this Friday edition of the Locked On Jets podcast. Today's episode of Locked On Jets is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. You know, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. I'm not sure the Jets need to use LinkedIn Jobs. If they need a quarterback upgrade, they just call Green Bay and say, hey, can you send us a Hall of Famer and Aaron Rodgers? I'm not sure the Jets will need, I'm not sure uh, Bryce Huff will need LinkedIn Jobs. If the Jets put him on the trade block, everybody needs a pass rusher. But your business may not have things so easy. And that's where LinkedIn Jobs comes in. It's easy to create a free jobs post on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. This is why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. And LinkedIn Jobs wants to help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. Again, that's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first watch or first listen every day. And a big shout out to you everydayers. This is a daily podcast covering the New York Jets. We have new episodes daily through the week, Monday through Friday. And then we have bonus episodes as needed if there's breaking news anywhere. Today we're, we're talking about the Jets' second preseason game. They will be in Charlotte tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern time, for a game against the Carolina Panthers, Carolina's preseason debut we are expected to see the NFL debut of Bryce Young, the number one overall pick in the 2023 NFL draft. But of course, the Jets got their preseason started a little bit early last week with a Hall of Fame game loss to the Cleveland Browns. Yesterday, we talked about the offense. So if you missed that show, go check it out because I gave you three offensive players to watch. Today, we're focused on defense and we're focused on special teams. Linebacker position is kind of an interesting spot for the Jets. They let Quan Alexander leave in free agency. Quan Alexander was the number three linebacker. And I think it's very, very, very easy to overstate how significant Quan Alexander was last year. I thought Quan Alexander played well. I thought he was the Jets' best cover linebacker. And the number three linebacker in Robert Sala's defense is a part-time player. I think people still have this mindset that the NFL of 15, 20 years ago, where you're playing a 4-3 defense and you have three starting linebackers, the Jets have two starting linebackers. And the third guy is a situational player. He comes in when the other team has heavier sets. The typical NFL offense runs three receivers, which means you need five defensive backs on the field. And if you have five defensive backs, there's only room for two linebackers. So all this is to say, not to diminish how significant the third linebacker is, but I guess I'm doing it because it's a part-time player. That said, part-time players can make a difference. And Jamie and Sherwood got off to a really good start in the preseason last week by forcing a fumble. Now he's playing a different spot than he would in uh, the regular season because he was kind of playing the C.J. Mosley role in the Jets' defense in, in that preseason opener. But you still like to see him get experience because the Mosley role actually has more on his plate than the, than the role Sherwood will be playing. Mos uh, 
Mosley is kind of the guy who gets everybody lined up correctly. He's kind of what you know as the quarterback of the defense. So Jets are giving Sherwood uh, snaps in that role. And that kind of tells you what they think of him. And you, you could go back a few years ago, Mosley missed a game. And Sherwood kind of took over as the, the leading linebacker on defense. That was a terrible defensive performance by the Jets. They got absolutely crushed by New England that day. But you've always gotten the feeling that this coaching staff is kind of high on Jamie and Sherwood. And it's been a couple of years. You know, he suffered a serious injury. He actually suffered a serious injury in that game I just mentioned. It feels like the coaching staff has kind of been trying to work him slowly into this role, into eventually taking on this role as the third linebacker. He, of course, played the safety position at Auburn. And the Jets drafted him, converted him to linebacker, and that's received a lot of criticism for reasons I'm not entirely sure why. Uh, drafting safeties and converting them to linebackers not exactly uncommon in the NFL these days, but it's been a slow growth trajectory for him. The fact that Jets did not make more of an effort to bring back Quan Alexander, to me, that says something. Maybe I'm wrong, but I think sometimes you can tell how much a team believes in the player based on how they treat players at the same position in free agency. I feel like if the Jets were not high on Sherwood, they would have brought Quan Alexander back because Quan Alexander did not get a big contract from the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Jets, it just doesn't seem like they were that interested. And maybe the reason they weren't interested is that they really believe Jamie and Sherwood's ready to step into the Quan Alexander role, which in fairness is not that it's, it's a role that matters. It's a role, but it's not that important. And, what the Jets, I think, need more than anything out of that role, they need somebody who can cover. C.J. Mosley is a good run defender. Quincy Williams is hit or miss against the run, but he does make big plays. Neither guy is particularly great in pass coverage. Uh, Mosley, I think, can find his spot in a zone drop, but that's about it. He str- really struggles one-on-one. He's you know not the greatest cover linebacker, and I, I don't think Quincy, William- Quincy Williams really brings much to the table as a cover linebacker. And I think part of the philosophy of sign of or drafting college safeties and trying to convert them to linebackers. Jets also did this with Hamza Nasruddin uh, two years ago, the same, the same day they drafted Sherwood. They also drafted Nasruddin safeties are typically better cover guys than linebackers, but they're better in run support than corners are. And when you play you know, either the third linebacker, you play the slot corner. And when the third linebackers on the slot corner comes off, you're kind of looking for the best of both worlds. You're kind of looking for nickel caliber coverage, but linebacker caliber run play. And in today's NFL, particularly with the athletic tight ends you have to face, especially if you if you have Super Bowl designs like the Jets do, you're really going to have to go up against good tight ends. You know, if your team is just not going to be that good, I guess it doesn't make that big of a difference because there aren't a lot of teams with great tight ends. But the teams that are you're going to compete for for a championship, a lot of them do have very good tight ends. So this role, that's where this role tends to matter. And Sherwood, again, it was up and down. It was actually more up and down than I thought on the first watch. He did force a fumble in the first quarter. There were also times where he was kind of out of position, not in the right spot. And even if he's going to play the Mosley role, if he's going to be the Mike linebacker, it's still worth watching because I think it's actually a bigger role than what he'll have during the season. It's actually uh, more on his plate than will be during the regular season. So I'd like to see how Sherwood Sherwood handles it. And also to keep an eye at the linebacker position, uh, Chaz, uh, sorry, Chaz Surratt, who was one of the featured players when hard knocks uh, broke down the game or hard knocks showed you footage of the game. And Salah kept going on about, I love this guy. He's so fast. You know, was that Salah just giving generic coach praise? Maybe. I don't know. It seems like Salah really liked 
uh, Surratt. So guy worth watching. Um, another, another guy who was kind of a convert, a guy who originally played quarterback in college and then kind of moved to linebacker. Uh, disappointing early round pick by Minnesota, but had an interception in that first preseason game. So he kind of stood out as well. Jets have their top two linebackers settled. They're, they will be mostly at Williams. Those will be your two starters. But after them, you know, there's some opportunities available for players to gra- grab, maybe perhaps grab a role, perhaps grab a roster spot. And I think Sherwood is first among them. Now, head here on the Lockdown Jets podcast, we'll close out this Friday game preview episode. And we're going to turn our attention to special teams. And we're especially going to turn our attention to the, to the return game. That's continuing this Jets-Panthers game preview. This is the Locked On Jets podcast here on this Friday. Jets-Panthers tomorrow, 4 o'clock Eastern time from Carolina. We've talked offense yesterday. We've talked defense today. Let's turn our attention briefly to the special teams, though. And especially once you get into like the fourth quarter of these games, the guys you see on the field are not really going to play much of a role for your team that year. You know, you're not going to see the guys playing wide receiver actually make many catches for your team. You're not going to see the guys playing defensive tackle, make many tackles for your team. You're not going to see the corners make many interceptions for your team. These are the, these are guys who, if they make the team are at the bottom of the depth chart and more likely they're practice squad candidates. But I think that there is value in special teams because when you're talking about the 45th, 46th, 47th man on your roster, they're not going to play much at their natural position, but they could play special teams a lot, in part because you don't want your best players risking injury on special teams. You know, if you have you don't want Sauce Gardner on special teams. Sauce Gardner's biggest value to the Jets is shutting down the other team's receiver. It's not running down the field and covering on special teams. I think there's also an element that the backups, the guys near the back of the roster, their players Brant Boyer can work more closely with. You know, if you put a star player on special teams, if you put like a I don't know if you put like a Garrett Wilson on special teams, his attention is going to be divided. He's not going to be that focused on special teams. Whereas the bottom guy on the roster, he can just work with Brant Boyer exclusively because he's not going to play his position very much. And on special teams, the guys who get the most attention are the kicker, the punter and the returners. And I think the Jets are actually pretty good in the, in the kicking game. I think Greg Zerline's a guy I trust, um, you know, for years, I've been saying, I've been complaining because it's not that hard to find a good kicker. There's always a good kicker available for cheap in free agency. And Joe Douglas, for whatever reason, goes out and gets terrible kickers. And last year, he finally brought in Greg Zerline. They finally found a good kicker, you know, guy with, there's always a proven NFL kicker available in free agency. And Joe Douglas, instead of going with these unproven guys, finally got a proven guy. And then this year, they brought back Thomas Morstead, kind of on doing a mistake from two years ago when, uh, you know, Morstead subbed for an injured Braden Mann and did better than Braden Mann. And I remember at the time I was thinking maybe the Jets should just stick with Morstead. And they did not. And Mann ended up not being very good. And Morstead ended up returning to the Jets this year. So that that's done. The return game is interesting, though. It's not really clear who the primary return guys are going to be. Mecole Hardman figures to be in the mix. The Jets did lose their primary return guy, Braxton Berrios, when they cut him. And he went to Miami in the offseason. Guy I have my eye, on, my eye on is Xavier Gibson. And he had two plays that stood out in the opener. The first was he dropped a punt and it fell out of bounds. It was a terrible play. And when you see that, you almost say for an unheralded young player, 22-year-old, that might be it for him. Because, you know, you don't get many chances as a, as a if you're not like a top pick and you're 22 and you're making plays like that, you know, it's not good. But then he redeemed himself with a 45-yard kickoff return. Now, there are some guys who, like, struggle catching punts who – are better on the kickoff return game. 
I'm not sure whether that's Gibson. I've seen you know one punt dropped and one 45-yard kickoff return. But there's an opportunity for Gibson if he makes big plays. Because even though the kicking games, even though the kickoffs being phased out of the NFL and the kickoff is become kickoffs less relevant than it was five years ago, it'll be less relevant five years from now if it even exists. At some point, they're just going to get rid of it. But it still is an opportunity to make a big play or two that could flip a game. If Gibson shows returnability, that could be a big deal for him because a guy I spoke about yesterday, Jason Brownlee, he struggled in that first preseason game. But beyond that, I'm not sure how much value you're getting special teams from him. And Brownlee profiles as number five, number six receiver. So guy who's not going to be on the field that much. And I'm not sure if somebody else provides better special teams value, unless Brownlee really goes out and dominates as a receiver. And he just, it just gets to the point where we think this guy's a part of our future. We're going to lose him on the waiver wire. If we cut him, unless it's something like that, I think that this, this sixth receiver spot could be more open than people realize. And I think Xavier Gibson is somebody who, may have a legitimate shot at it. And, you know, it could be a situation if they, even if they like Brownlee as a receiver, maybe they do think that they can sneak him onto the practice squad because the player who's going to be more significant for the Jets in 2023 is probably going to be the sixth, the number six receiver who can play special teams, who can offer value in the third phase of the game. And I say this all the time. I'll say it again. You everydayers are probably tired of me saying it. People underrate how much value special teams provide. Around 20% of plays in an NFL game are special teams plays. So guys who can contribute there are unheralded. I mean, I hear people complaining about Justin Hardy all the time, a guy who plays special teams exclusively for the Jets, but was among the league leaders last year in tackles and punt coverage. Guy who's a very good player on special teams and adds a lot of value that I think a lot of folks kind of dismiss because it doesn't happen at his natural position of corner. Special teamers matter in this league. And Xavier Gibson, there was one, again, one bad play, one good play. Now you can't make, that's the thing about this is you don't want to make errors. You don't want another bad play for Xavier Gibson, but another big return. And suddenly we might be talking about, does this guy have a shot at making the roster? Anyway, that's all for today's episode. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is our motto. As always, if you enjoy the show, hit the subscribe button where you're watching or listening so that you'll never miss an episode. If you enjoy the show and are listening on the podcast, source, give it a five-star review. And if you're watching on YouTube, give this episode a big thumbs up. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll be back next week to break it down and talk more Jets.